Let's open our Bibles, if you would please, to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter number 9, Isaiah chapter number 9, and I know some of you came and got to see the kids perform, and, and uh, we're glad you're here tonight, Isaiah chapter number 9. What we started several weeks ago before I was out of town at some camps and then out of town at my mom's funeral, then out of town preaching, is uh, we started on cults or major religions. Um, we, will, we will be brushing shoulders with people who have totally different beliefs than us, yet we are called to reach them. Today I was in a fast food place and, and, a, mad, and a man had on a turban and a dark, dark beard. And I got to thinking, I said, he's not going to want this track. He's not going to want this Jose cartoon. He's not going to want this. He doesn't even believe in the same God. And then someone in my heart spoke and said, isn't this the people y'all send missionaries to reach? And there he is right there in the restaurant. So I walked over and started talking. I said, where you from? He said, India. I said, I've been there. I said, north, south. He said, north. I said, do you speak Punjabi? He said, yes, I do. I said, I was in the south, Trivantham. He said, oh, Trivantham. And I never can say it right. I said, they speak down. He said, I know they speak. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And he took the track. But I'm glad I know a little bit about his background, what he believes. And so uh, we talked recently. I think we talked about seven-day Adventists. Why do they worship on the seventh day? Uh, where, where are they different than the Bible? Tonight we're going to talk about uh, more common uh, people that you would see. Tonight we're going to talk about what do the Jehovah's Witnesses believe. Who has ever had one come to your door or two ever come knock on your door? And uh, many times uh, you can spot them. They'll have briefcases. They'll have a stack of literature. And then sometimes you can see them gathering in a neighborhood. It'll be three or four cars. They're getting out with their stuff. They're having kind of a team meeting. You're heading that way. Much like we'd go soul winning, they're, they're kind of just passing out literature. So what do they believe? Should we be afraid of them? Uh, how do we know we're right? Uh, where are they off in doctrine? So we're going to cover some of these things. We're going to be out, I think, a little bit early tonight. But I uh, do want to look at this for a moment. Let's have prayer. And uh, anyone need one of the blue answer sheets? It'll just really help you fill in the blanks quickly. Anybody need one? Okay, we got extras. Okay, all are good. Father, would you bless this study? Help us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, the name of their organization is called Jehovah's Witness. And they get that from a scripture that says, my name alone is Jehovah. But what God is meaning there, he's saying, no one has the name Jehovah but me. That is my name alone. For instance, in our house, since I've been married, I've always called my wife Babe. Years ago, she said, you know, that was the title of a Disney movie years ago. And I said, no, I never saw it. She said, it was about a pig. I don't know if I like you calling me babe. I said, well, I'm about 20 years into it. I'm going to just stick with it. But I call her babe. No one else in my house calls her that. Maybe one of the grandkids as they're growing up, they may hear me say it. And they may just out of ignorance say babe. But I'm the only one that gets to call her that. So she could say, my name alone to my husband is Babe. But she's got lots of names. Her real name, her given name, Verna. And sometimes uh, other kids, Mom, Mimi, 
grandmother. So lots of names. And so God has 256 names in the Bible. You could start with the letter A. We could be here for 15 minutes. Adam, anointed, advocate, amen, beloved, begotten, C, captain of the Lord of hosts, comforter, D, deliverer, door, E, ensign, everlasting father. And we could go on and on. He has lots of names because he's such a great God. You can't describe him in one name. But the Jehovah's Witness movement took that one little verse, my name alone is Jehovah, and they said, that's his name. His name is Jehovah. Well, yeah, they're right, but like 256 out of one right. He's got all those names. So that's why they call themselves Jehovah's. Jehovah's, apostrophe S, witnesses. Now, notice in Isaiah chapter number 9, Verse number six, he says, for unto, uh, for unto us is a child uh, uh, born, uh, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Now notice what God's name is, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Oh, his name's Wonderful, don't stop there. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Then you go in the New Testament, Jesus said, no, 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 I'm the door, I'm the shepherd. I'm the potter. I'm the friend of sinners. He's got lots of names. You kind of see where we're going on this. So I see where they're going, but I see where we're going too. Biblically, God has more names than one. The founder of this religion, his name, if you want to jot it down, is Charles Taze Russell. Russell is his last name. That's who founded the Jehovah's Witness movement. It was founded in 1852. 1852. You say, Pastor, so... so who founded our religion, and when was ours founded? Look over in Matthew 16 just for a moment. Matthew 16, some of you could quote this, but it's good to have it right there in your hands. Matthew 16 in the New Testament, and verse number 18, it says, But I say unto thee, that thou art Peter. Jesus is looking at Peter. He says, Your name is Peter, which means a stone. And upon this rock, he's pointing to himself now, upon this massive rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Notice, he calls it my church. So Jesus started one church. He did not name it. He didn't name it Catholic. He didn't name it Baptist. He didn't name it First Christian Church. But he said this, it'll be built on me. And that church that Jesus founded was based on the Bible. They regularly met every Sunday. They met on Sunday morning. They met on Sunday night. There was teaching from the Bible. They had a pastor. They emphasized prayer. They emphasized soul winning. When people got saved, they in, uh, uh, emphasized instant baptism in deep water. It was a lot like our church. So when someone says Jehovah's Witness started in 1852, when did your chart, uh, a church start? Well, originally it was on the seashores of Galilee about 2,000 years ago. That's when our type of church got started. Now this local one right here, about 1972, but the one that started this, that started that one, that started that one, all the way back, the seashore of Galilee, Jesus is the founder of our church, not a man in the 1800s. And then you want to ask yourself, so if it started in the 1800s, where were the Jehovah's Witnesses in the 1700s? In the 1600s, 
in the 15th. So, so did they never exist? Then how come they just came, kind of showed up now, you see? Let's keep going. There are two major periodicals or papers. is called the Watchtower and Awake. Awake. So that'll be the two that they're leaving places. They'll leave them in hospitals. They'll come to your door. They may leave it on your doorstep or say, well, uh, at least read the paper. And they circulate. They have millions and millions in circulation. So it's Watchtower and Awake. In Joshua chapter 1, I'll read it. If you can turn there quick enough, you're welcome to join me. You say, well, pastor, they emphasize those magazines. What do we emphasize? Joshua 1.8 in the Bible says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Then thou shalt have good success. While they emphasize magazines, we emphasize this book right here. Old Testament, New Testament. The two lips of God. Here it is. Here's how God speaks. Old Testament and New Testament. That's how he speaks to us. Number next in your notes there, Mr. Russell began advertising. He needed to raise money for his new religion, so he began selling. And this is a historical document. This is not gossip. You can look it up in history. He began selling miracle wheat. Miracle wheat, like W-H-E-A-T, that you make bread out of. And he promised that if you bought his wheat at his price, it would grow five times as much wheat as normal wheat. He never could prove it, but he made millions of dollars off of that. And he promised it was miracle wheat. It was a hoax. It was a lie. And you can look that up. Russell also began printing his sermons, having his sermons printed in newspapers, claiming he was in certain countries that he never went to. So it would say, sermon preached by Taze Russell in London, England. The problem is he never went to London, England. So these sermons started appearing like he was preaching all over the world, but it was a lie because he never appeared in those places. You kind of see the, the lifestyle of this founder of this religion. And then we see a little bit further. He claimed to know the Greek alphabet and knew how to translate it, then later, later stated that he did not know the Greek. They actually put him under oath, and they said, Mr. Russell, uh, do you have a familiar knowledge of the Greek language? Yes, I do. Can you translate the Greek, English, uh, the Greek language into English? Yes, I can. So you can read Greek? Yes, I can. So you know the Greek alphabet? Yes, I can. Can you read and translate this one Greek sentence? He said, you mean this one? Yeah, that one. No. Do you know the Greek language? No, I don't. So he lied under oath. He never even knew it. And he was going to be the main teacher of this new religion. Now, Aaronist beliefs. So according to scripture... Where would they be off? Where would they be off? And we're not here picketing other churches. We're not going to throw eggs on some church and, and things like this. So we're not criticizing. It's, 
it's never critical to take this book and examine any belief. Years ago, when the Secret Service, we had a couple of Secret Service agents come to our house after my dad was finished testifying in all of his trials. And they majored on counterfeit currency, two things Secret Service does. They spot counterfeit currency, and they protect the President of the United States. Well, my dad had laid out counterfeit currency, and then they had real currency laid out. And I asked him, I said, how much do you guys study counterfeit money? And they said, we don't. We study the real money. So that way we can easily spot the counterfeit. So what do we do? We study the real book. So we can easily, now we may not always know why, but we'll know that doesn't sound right to me. And the spirit that bears witness in us says, that isn't right. That ain't what I wrote. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. So let's just look at a few of these beliefs quickly. One, they say, here's the notes, there is no hell. There is no hell. Well, let's look in Revelation 20 for just a moment. Way over to the end of the Bible. And here's, here, here's all these scriptures. But Revelation 20, and looking down into verse number, <clears throat> number 10. Revelation 20 and verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of, help me class, fire and brimstone. Where the beast and the false prophet are. And the word are means they still are. And shall be tormented day and night for just a little while. So it says forever and ever. It's eternal. Then he says, I saw a great white throne. And then skip down, verse 14. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. In Luke 16, the rich man that goes to hell, he says, I'm tormented in this flame. Jehovah's Witness tells us it's a parable. That flame is figuratively speaking. That's like someone on Maui saying, we could see the flames 300 feet in the air. Oh, that's just figuratively speaking. There was no real fire in Maui. There's no real flame. If there's real fire, there's real flames. And it's not a parable in the Bible. So here is, here is God speaks of hell. Now, here's what they do. They take the Greek language out of context. On a few occasions in the Old Testament, it will say the word hell, but it refers to the grave. Not every time, but on a few occasions. So they take that as hell is always translated the grave. So when you die, you're in the grave. That's the hell. But that's not what the Bible talks about. Let me ask you a question. If you were the devil and you wanted to get as many people into hell as possible, wouldn't you minimize the agony of hell? And that's what Satan's done. He's minimized it. He's told people there is no hell. It's one of the most common cuss words in America today. You hear people use it all the time in vain. So there it is. There is no hell, they say. Number two, they also tell us that Jesus Christ returned to earth for the second coming in 1914. Folks, you missed the rapture. That's what I'm telling you. You missed the rapture. You missed it. 
They said he came back in 1914. Number next, number three in your notes there. They also teach us that the Holy Spirit is not God. He's simply a force. I think they got that from the Star Wars uh, series or something. May the fourth be with you or something. And so, so they do not believe that. They don't believe when Jesus got baptized, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son. So there's the father, there's the son, and the Holy Spirit ascended, descended upon him in the form of a dove. They don't believe that. In Genesis where it says, let us, plural, plural pronoun, let us make man in our, plural pronoun, our image, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, let us make man in our image. They don't believe it's three in one. Let's keep going. Number four, they believe that Jesus was created, that he's not always been. They believe he is a God, but not the mighty God. That kind of lessens who he is, doesn't it? If you have your Bible and you're fast enough and want to, we're in John chapter 1. I want to just read this verse, and it does refute this. John 1, and notice what it says here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. So in the beginning, whoever this was, he was with God. Oh, here it is. And the Word was God. He's always been. Verse 14, and the word, same word, was made flesh, that's when Jesus got born, and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He's always been, but they believe he was created. Here's one quickly, and we hear this a lot. Only 144,000 will enter God's kingdom. Who's ever heard that number somewhere from somebody? Well, man, I thought it's just 144,000 going to make it. Now, look at this quickly, and I want you to be able to see it. In Revelation chapter 7, in Revelation chapter 7, you're doing great. I know you've had a long day. It's been hot, and we had sailors sing to us, and now we've been sitting here a little bit. But Revelation chapter 7, who are these 144,000? Are you one of them? Is God really only bringing 144,000 people to heaven? Notice what he says. Looking down into verse number 4. Revelation 7 and verse 4. And I heard the number of them which were sealed. They were sealed in 144,000. Who are these people? Here it is. Of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Of the tribe of Judah were sealed 12,000. Tribe of Reuben, we're sealed 12,000. Tribe of Gad, sealed 12,000. I'll just skip some of this. Verse 6, Asher, or Asher, of the tribe of Nephthalon, tribe of Manasseh, the tribe of Simeon, tribe of Levi, uh, Issachar. Verse 8, the tribe of Zebulon, the tribe of Joseph, and tribe of Benjamin. He names 12 tribes times 12,000, multiplied at 144,000. These are Jews. So we know, just like that, whoever the 144,000 is, they are Jews. I remember talking to someone one time. I said, so you're Jehovah's Witness? Yes, I am. I said, are you part of the 144,000? He said, I believe I am. I said, what tribe are you from? 
He said, what do you mean? I said, what tribe are you from? He said, I'm from Mexico. I said, no, that's not one of the tribes of Israel. Or I'm from Louisiana. Well, that sure isn't one of the tribes. Of, it's 12,000 from each tribe. Then look over here, please, in Revelation chapter 14. I know we're turning a little bit. and don't have a lot more for you to turn to. But Revelation 14, and let's look at this. Uh, this is great. This is in the tribulation period. The Antichrist is ruling the world. The two witnesses have just been killed by the Antichrist. They've witnessed three and a half years, probably at the Wailing or the Western Wall. Revelation 14, 1. And I looked and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Sion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, the voice of many waters, is a voice of a great thunder. I saw the voice of harpers harping with their harps. They sung as it were a new song. And look at the last phrase. Who are these people? Redeemed from the earth. They're saved people. Verse 4. These are they which were not defiled with women. For they were virgins. Hmm. So we know this. Here's the 144,000. They're Jewish men who've never been married. It's real clear. And so somehow wherever they're getting this 144,000, they got the number right, but they missed it. It's more than 144,000 going to heaven. This is talking about Jewish men that get saved during the tribulation period that become flaming evangelists. We're out of here by then. We're already enjoying heaven before this ever happens. So let's keep going here. Uh, number six in the notes, uh, Aaronist beliefs. In 1961, they wrote their own Bible. How many of you were already born by then, 1961? Can you imagine the Bible just being written in America and it's after you got born? This book has always been. Psalm 119, verse 89, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Anything that's written in 1961, you cannot say it is inspired and it's God's word. You can't say it's a false Bible. Little b, that's how we put it in the notes. Number seven, they also claim Jesus Christ did not bodily raise from the dead. Only his spirit rose from the dead. They think his body just vanished, just disappeared. All I know is this, all throughout the Gospels it says, and they looked in the tomb and the tomb was empty. Not only his spirit, but his body rose from the dead. His disciples later saw him. He ate fish. They touched him. It was a bodily resurrection. Number, uh, this is a free one here. If you Google or look into their books, if you asked, uh, what, is the belief, what do Jehovah's Witnesses believe you have to do to be saved, to go to heaven, or to be one of the 144, that, uh, what do you have to do to have eternal life? Here it is. Accept Christ as your Savior. Second, be a part of their church. Third, keep the rules. Three parts to being saved. So that meant if you live in another country and there's no Jehovah's Witnesses around, you couldn't join their church. Couldn't be saved. If you didn't know what the rules were, you sure couldn't keep them. Salvation is Jesus Christ plus nothing, minus nothing, it's him alone.
let's keep going. Number eight, here we are. Number, uh, uh, well, first dot. I think it's just a dot. Their meeting places are called kingdom halls. We have several in our town. Sometimes you'll drive by and say, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses meet here, kingdom hall. Next, they reject celebration of holidays. So they do not celebrate Christmas, birthdays, or Easter. How many of you are glad you wasn't raised Jehovah's Witness? Man, oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. No, no, I'm just kidding. But no holidays. For some reason, they feel like that's, that's false. They shouldn't be doing that. Number next, they do not salute the American flag. They feel like that's given honor to something beside the Lord. We do not believe that. Next, they just major on one of God's names. Next, they twist the word hell into just meaning the grave. There is no fire, it's just the grave. And then last, they're usually seen door to door with briefcases. Maybe not the women as much, but usually, usually with the briefcases and materials. And that's oftentimes how you can spot them. Then one last verse. You say, Pastor, what do you do when they come to your house? What are you supposed to do? Well, look at this. Just uh, notice what John says. In 2 John, almost all the way to Revelation, here we are, 2 John. I want to give you what the Bible says. And again, we are not here trying to bash any religion. We're not here because we're better than anybody else. But we need to know what we believe and why. What does the Bible say? Are they right or wrong? Are we right? Are they wrong? Okay, uh, where is that in the Bible? Because you may work with one. You may have a next-door neighbor that's one, and you don't want to just say, you guys are stupid. Uh, you know, that doesn't help anybody, but you want to be able to say, here's what the Bible says. Look, here's what the Scripture says. And so here's what it is. Second John, and looking down, it's just one chapter, looking down into verse number 9. So 2 John and verse number 9. Notice what he says. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ. Doctrine of Christ means the teaching that we believe that Jesus Christ was God. See, if he wasn't God, he couldn't be our Savior. Someone was telling me this week that right now in China, and some of you maybe heard this, in China, they have so many underground churches. Those Chinese are being persecuted for their faith. You can be arrested, put in jail, maybe even killed. The miracles couldn't go back. And so what the Chinese government has now done, they've now written their own Bible. Because they're losing so many of their people to Christianity. But guess what they've done in the Bible? They've made Jesus a sinner. And that passage where it says, you know, here's this adulterous woman, you know, where Jesus said, whoever doesn't have sin, cast the first stone. So now I'm told, they've rewritten it to say this. Jesus says, I'm a sinner, so I'll cast the first stone. So if they can make Jesus a sinner, there's no savior. There's no salvation. There's no heaven. When you're dead, you're dead. And so that's the doctrine of Christ. He's attacked. His, his virgin birth is attacked. Who he was was attacked. His resurrection is attacked. If he didn't rise from the dead, we have no savior. 
If he wasn't virgin born, we have no savior. If he wasn't God, there's no savior. So it says in verse 9, whosoever transgresseth the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, that means house to house, door to door, and bring not this doctrine. They do not believe Jesus is God's son. They don't believe he's God. Don't believe. Receive him not into your house. Neither bid him Godspeed. What's it mean? Don't invite him in. Don't invite him in. Well, I'm going to tell them a thing or two. We'll do it outside. Don't invite him in. That's, that's Bible right there. You don't have Bible studies with them. Because what's going to happen? They're going to twist a word and say, in the Greek, it means this. And in the Hebrew, it means this. And you're going to say, I've never studied those. Well, you're wrong. And they're going to get you over a barrel. And, you're going to, and, and they're going to take this out of context and this out of context and this out of context. And the Wake magazine says and the, uh, 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 the Watchtower says, you just stick to the Bible. Give your testimony. Tell them how you got saved and go from there. You don't want to invite them in. And you don't want to say, have a good day. God bless you. You don't want God to bless them. You don't want God to bless them. So now they sign up your next door neighbor and teach them there's no hell. Teach them they have to work their way to heaven. We're not, we're not for anything they're doing. We're for them personally. We love them as individuals. We love them because Jesus died for them. But we're not blessing their efforts. And so that's what John said to do to false teachers. We don't curse them. We don't, we don't want to uh, uh, try to embarrass them. We're kind to them. I ask them if they want a, ice water or something. But we're saved. We're going to heaven. We have the truth. If you'd like to talk about it sometime, be glad to share it with you. We're not going to listen to you an hour and then us an hour. We're not going to do it. But if you don't know you're going to heaven, I'd be glad to share it with you. I know I'm going to heaven. When I die, I'm not going to burn in hell. And there's a real hell. And Jesus died for me, and I can't earn it. I don't have to keep the rules. I don't have to be a part of any religion. It's just me and him. And you'll be glad that you did. Because they're going to look at you one day and say, ah, man, I don't know everything, but they have something I don't have. Let that joy attract them. The Jehovah's Witnesses. Maybe next time you're out, you're witnessing, and someone said, we're Jehovah's Witness. Just say, I am too. I witness for Jehovah all the time. You got any material? I'm out right now. And then grab it and throw it in the dumpster. No, don't do that. Don't do that. That's deceitful. No, we don't want to do that. But let's be sound on what we believe. I'm glad we didn't get our Bible in 1961. I'm glad Christianity didn't start in 19... Uh, uh, 1852. I'm glad Jesus didn't come back in 1914 and we missed out. It's a lot of holes in that thing. I'm just glad our faith is worth examining. We can look at it and ask questions. It's okay to ask questions as long as you're satisfied with Bible answers. 